This podcast is brought to you by Sipla Foundation and Score Foundation. Hi, uh, my name is George Abraham, and uh, welcome to this edition of Iway Conversations. Today, my guest is Gunit Sethi, who is a communicator, trainer, and a motivational speaker. She started her career as a teacher. She was diagnosed with uh, retinitis pigmentosa, and she lost her vision. And she decided to quit her job. Gurit, you opted to get out of your teaching job, and uh, you quickly got back into a kind of a professional life. So, can you tell us a little bit about that journey? George, um, yes, when I uh, was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa, uh, well, I never saw it coming, and it was absolutely a shock for me. Uh, it was as if everything went on a standstill mode. Um, so i was i had lost my confidence completely i was totally shattered and i have was not in a in a frame of mind to face the people so my first um, reaction was to quit my job and be in the comfort of my own home uh, but that was not to be i realized that was not my real self and um, i um, yes uh, i have to admit that i was on a denial mode for the longest time but i was fortunate to be surrounded by a wonderful uh, support uh, system with friends and family that i could um, get on and pull up my socks so what exactly did you do uh, gunit so george to begin with i had to deal with my own attitude towards accepting my eye condition since teaching was always my passion i started um, helping a little uh, a few of the underprivileged uh, children in and around my area so once i started doing that you know uh, gradually my confidence came back to me because i was able to do something for somebody in my own way and so that was my first step to deal with my attitude and once i got my confidence back um i started meeting people i started moving out with my friends let me interrupt here and ask you so when you went out with your friends what exactly do you mean you went out on holidays or you went out shopping <laughs> or you went out uh, what what did you go out go out for like anyone uh, goes out with friends george so <laughs> so my friends uh, were we had uh, we had a shopping spree my friends would uh, uh, insist that i accompany them to the movie hall despite my saying that you know uh, what will i do you know yeah. so so they insisted no you can still listen and uh, we'll explain you the visuals so that was very sweet of them and um, i think um, and my initial hesitation to deal with my blindness in public places got over like that 
and um, I went shopping with them. I went to restaurants. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, meaning, uh, you know, being blind and, uh, you know, uh, going to a restaurant. Did you have any kind of orientation to deal with <laughs> restaurant situations or uh, you learned it the hard way by eating from somebody else's plate or uh, drinking somebody else's <laughs> glass, of, glass of water, you know, uh, meaning, <laughs> were there any, was it a smooth transition or were there any kind of uh, funny situations? Uh, well, um, uh, although my friends were quite conscious about my situation and they would help me around the table and my chair and my crockery cutlery, yeah. But still, well, uh, funny things did happen. Uh, I can laugh on it now, but at that point in time, I felt a little embarrassed. You yeah. know, I was, um, uh, let me give you an example. I was um, trying to eat from my for, for, uh, from my spoon. Yeah. And I, every time I would put it in my, close to my mouth, I felt that there was nothing there and I, Till till my friend told me you're holding the spoon upside down. <laughs> <laughs> if you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness, please share the Iway National Toll Free Helpline number one eight zero zero five three two zero four six nine. The number is one eight zero zero five three two zero four six nine. I was reading in your CV that uh, you started working with some place called the Hunger Project. Uh, how did that happen, and uh, what was your experience there? As I started developing my confidence more and more, I began to realize that um, uh, you know, uh, there were more things that I could do and um, Hunger Project came my way through a friend. Uh, so she, uh, out of concern, she gave me a place at the front desk and asked me to handle the telephone part of the front desk. Yeah. And um, so that went off very well. But my biggest learning and my experience over there was that uh, you know, um, I had to uh, unlearn and learn a lot of things because trying to be in the mainstream at the front desk, I realized that it is very important for me to rework on my body language, track the sound, eye contact. So these were very new experiences because I was learning to do things differently, you know. Yeah. So, so this was one of my biggest learning and it was the first time I was working um, with my blindness away from home. Uh, so how did you kind of transition to actually technology? So I, uh, George, I have to, I will happily give that credit to you because um, you were the first one who kind of... Um, told me that there is a technology like this exists where uh, I can work on the computer. I had um, honestly uh, was quite unaware of it. And um, so uh, once I came to know about it, um, uh, I uh, was, uh, I went to the Institute, National Association for the Blind in New Delhi. And, um, 
and I was uh, introduced to this software called JAWS, JAWS. And I started working on the computer first time in my life. And, um, and when, I, when I worked on it for a week or so, I took my lessons. And honestly, that George uh, was the most elating moment of my life. I think um, it was the biggest turning point. And when I was able to read and write, I think I just screamed to myself, oh, wow, I can <laughs> read and write once again. Gunit, uh, you uh, learned your co computers and you, you kind of uh, realized that you could read and write. And uh, did that make a difference for you at the job front? Uh, it made a difference all over you know my confidence and honest and of course they upgraded me at my workplace and um i had a i had a, a pc to my own and i was working and i was taking printouts and i was doing whole lot of things uh, after learning the technology so so you you were kind of uh, kind of doing a front desk kind of job initially Yes. Um, so uh, how did that profile change? So the profile changed to uh, getting new responsibilities. You know, I was always there at the front desk, but I was able to do more liaisoning. I was able to email. I was able to, uh, you know, uh, uh, do other administrative jobs in the office. So the my job profile per se upgraded. So now after about 10 to 12 years of working with uh, Hunger Project, I think you moved on to another organization called Be Able. The name yes. suggests that this is a training set, set up. Uh, yes, a, it's a skilling organization. It's a skilling organization. Yes. So yes. Uh, uh, tell me the story behind how you made this move. So yes, George, while I've, uh, so I was for a long time with the Hunger Project doing a similar kind of job for several years. Yeah. And like I said that, um, you know, every, every single day there was, uh, there was, uh, you know, uh, the level of my work uh, and my own um, confidence in myself uh, increased. Yeah. And I began to realize that uh, for some reason that I am not being able to use my potential to its maximum. Right. You know, and when that happened, I started thinking for myself and I started exploring my own self as to what all, what else can I do to, to you know, to satisfy that uh, desire to do more. Yeah. You know, for some reason, um, I was uh, just doing the same job and somewhere down the line, I felt it was getting monotonous. So I began to um, nurture my skills and um, then, um, you know, gradually doing other things at home and other home, uh, you know, extra things that I wanted to do, maybe think about my hobbies. But down the line, I, I was... I got this opportunity to for this uh, working in this organization, and a friend of mine asked me to, uh, you know, apply there. And you're talking about be able now, right? Be able. So I got a job. I mean, I applied there, and uh, uh, things worked for me. Although um, 
It was a big and a huge mainstream organization with over a thousand employees around. So they had never dealt with a, with a blind person. And, yes. uh, and obviously they went through a lot of a series of interviews because uh, remember Hunger Project, I had a friend who put me in there, but right. here I had nobody. So yes. it was all my own, uh, uh, you know, my own skill and my own thing that helped me get in there. And since I was a teacher by profession and teaching has always been my passion and training was another form of teaching. Yeah. I had to give a demo of how I worked on the computer and how I can handle uh, tasks on the computer. Yes. Yes. And I did tell them that I would need a little orientation and a little help to begin with. Once I am comfortable with the surroundings and the space, I'll be able to handle a lot of things on my own. So that confidence I had to give them. And I was lucky enough to be a part of their team. And uh, I had a very wonderful um, mentor and team members who help me move on and I think um, I did a pretty good job there um, I was able I was training um, the young uh, uh, learners uh, they were between uh, what 18 to 30 uh, mostly the rural youth that's what the organization used to do so I um, was able to um, you know um, so teaching in school was different and here teaching was with the difference. I was able to conduct training lessons. I was able to guide them to work towards their softer aspects uh, of uh, towards their attitude building and you know, uh, whatever the training uh, module was, I was able to de deliver it. And I graduated to training the trainers then, you know, so, um, uh, but certainly um, to reach that position, uh, I must say that I had to work overtime than what a sighted person would have done. I had to do a lot of homework and a lot of preparation to be able to deliver my work perfectly. To support our work with the blind and visually impaired, you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in Please note www.scorefoundation.org.in So, Gunita, uh, uh, I also know that uh, you have a passion and a love for... Uh, broadcasting and voicing uh, and I know that you've uh, done programs for with radio and uh, and uh, you've also done voiceovers and so on tell us a little bit about that um you know George uh, you know a human body and a human mind is so amazing that um, it has the tremendous potential to do more and if you are able to recognize it I think lots of things come your way and my desire and my stint at voiceover was one such thing you know yeah. I yes I I have always wanted to do 
voiceovers, but never got a chance. And here, because I was focusing on what is there than what is missing. Right. I realized that this is a skill mm -hmm. that I should um, maybe work on. And uh, uh, I, I took a little shot, uh, that what is that called, flash course training or whatever, just yeah. 10 days training to kind of formally understand um, how um, voiceovers work. And um, uh, uh, of course, once again, uh, credit goes to you for giving me that opportunity to uh, uh, speak on um, Ye Hai Roshni Ka Karwa, that uh, IWA uh, program. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, yes, and there, um, there the, my voiceover journey started and I and uh, All India Radio um, uh, came my way and there were other uh, organizations I worked with to give my voice on um, uh, education-based films. So... Um, now tell me, a... tell me, it's not very easy to get these assignments. Uh, like, uh, how did you go about it? Meaning, did you... Uh, is it, <laughs> it wasn't uh, easy. It wasn't easy. But my passion kept me at it. And I have gone to several organizations to give my audition, um, but uh, uh, it was always a polite uh, answer that we will get back to you because they, they often questioned me that, um, you know, you're unable to see, so how will you do voiceover? Yes. And my repeated question, uh, answer to that, their question was that uh, you don't need eyes to do voiceovers. So, so the next question was, uh, how would you read the script? Right. And it was a and it was a valid question. Right. And all I had to tell them that um, if you could give me a soft copy on my email, uh, I will come back prepared. So, so it worked somewhere. It didn't work the other places, but wherever it worked, I did my best. So tell us a little bit about this TED business. How did you get it and uh, what did you speak about? Well, um, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't tell you much about my TED uh, content. Maybe you'd uh, have to ask your viewers to maybe they could Maybe uh, they, could, they could search Gunit Sethi on YouTube and uh, listen yes. to it. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. Uh, but what I can tell you, George, that uh, in my TED talk, um, I used a metaphor of coffee yeah. and um, uh, the perfect cup of coffee. And yeah. let me, and I want to tell you that uh, I can brew a perfect cup of coffee now. Yeah. And I, and I worked and I worked to make my coffee better every day. And that was the message that I wanted to convey to my listeners and my viewers during the, uh, during the TED talk. Um, you know, uh, for me, it was a very exciting and a very cathartic experience because I could, um, I, could, I could just put down my emotions in the way I felt. Right. So did you go to California for this or you did it um, uh, online? <laughs> No, yeah, unfortunately, um, uh, I uh, it was the COVID that uh, that put uh, breaks in my travel. 
but uh, the organization, there was an uh, uh, institute here in uh, NCR who were supposed to conduct it. And, um, but uh, since COVID came in the way, um, uh, we had to do a live online program. So that was another challenge uh, that came my way um, uh, to, to speak online on an event as big as this, but uh, it worked. Right. Uh, you know, in fact, I've listened to this TED talk a couple of times uh, and, and I must tell you, Gudit, it was splendid. It was wonderful. <laughs> And uh, so I also know that uh, you have uh, in recent times in the last couple of years uh, started uh, traveling to different uh, educational institutions, student bodies, universities, and even corporates where you have been actually sharing from your life and uh, motivating people. So that's wonderful. Uh, I would like to ask you another question. You know, uh, you've, uh, you know uh, you've, you've, you've moved quite a bit since the day uh, you you kind of uh, stung stunned by uh, the diagnosis of being blind. You've traveled quite a long distance, and uh, I would like to ask you, uh, what is your definition of a successful person? What is your idea of success? Um, you're right, George. I've come a long way, but I haven't stopped. I still have a long way to go. But you know, for me, success. Success, um, if you ask me to define success, uh, well, success for me has never really been materialistic, uh, you know, so to say in materialistic terms. For me, success has been um, more towards being happy and, uh, you know, happy and satisfied. So if I, if I define a success, well, I could say that, um, uh, it's an it's a continuous and an ongoing process towards raising your own bar. Right. That's that's what I have been doing, and um, and I've been feeling very happy about it. And if you raise your own bar, um, the materialistic success comes your way. Uh, Gunit, it's been wonderful uh, talking with you. Uh, you've had a wonderful journey. It's truly inspirational and. Uh, I would like to take this opportunity that you would continue to raise your bar and continue to be happy. And uh, may you have a great, wholesome, wonderful life ahead. Take care. Thank you, George. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I this podcast was brought to you by Sipla Foundation and Score Foundation. Ka ka